Next on BYU Sports Nation, getting better in the bye week. How BYU football will maximize the extra time off. BYU National Champion and college football insider Blaine Fowler joins us live. His New Year's Six formula for the Cougars. Plus, BYU women's soccer working on four straight wins. Six-year senior Nikki Fernandez on set to grab the karma. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Rising up to the challenge of our rival. Nice. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, TV, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, September 23rd, my name is Spencer Linton. Teamed up with Rocky Balboa's personal trainer, Jerem Jordan. Wow, I'm not that old. Come on, man. Wherever and however you're dialed in. You know good, Rock. Great to have you with us. That's actually pretty good. Thanks. That's all, I, that's all I got. Nice. Welcome to the fall, everyone, first of all. Hey, fall equinox. Yeah, so yesterday. Hashtag 20- sweater weather. Yeah, absolutely. Yesterday, the fall the welcomed in. Best time of the year. Football, weather, colors. It was the thing I missed the most when I lived in California mm-hmm. were the seasons. I mean, it was great. Southern California, awesome. But the seasons, yeah. I miss the fall. There's only one season to me. What's that? Football season. Football season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not long after football season starts? Spring football season. <laughs> and then the third Just most kidding, popular basketball. sport. No, I'm pumped for hoops. You know, you know I love hoops. By the way, uh, announcing right now, uh, BYU Basketball Media Day is next Thursday, October 2nd. We will have a two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation that day. The second hour is going to be basketball-centric. We can't wait. So two-hour edition, Thursday, October 2nd, on Basketball Media Day, live right here on BYU Sports Nation. We have seven hours of BYU Sports Nation next week. Normally five. We get the extra hour Thursday. And then Saturday, we're going to have a special BYU Sports Nation at 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain, a.m., I'm calling it the General Conference pregame show. Countdown to conference. Countdown to (laughs) done. One hour left. (laughs) No, uh, we'll recap the Utah State game uh, Saturday, October 5th. Uh, so seven hours of BYU Sports Nation next week. Join our conversation 24-7, of course, using the hashtag BYUSN. Start it off with today's Twitter question. It's a hashtag bye week, so we ask this. What is the one thing you want BYU to work on during the bye week? Hashtag BYUSN. I have a few guesses as to what you may say. Hmm. Penalties. Maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Bye week focus. Listen, the bye week is generally a good thing, no matter when it happens. But for BYU football, it seems especially timely because last year the first bye week came after the Texas blowout in Provo. Before Utah. Before Utah. I mean, a momentum killer going into the Utah game. This year, BYU 4-0. They're ranked number 20 in the AP poll, 21 in the coaches' poll. They just beat Virginia. Momentum, yeah, it's there. But I, there's you can't this, stop, says Fictionist. There's this sense of, yeah, we need a break. We're, we're 4-0. It, it's good, it'd be good to rest up. It just feels Because different. there's injuries. Yes. If there were not injuries for BYU, I would say this is a bad thing. You need to keep playing. Keep playing. Especially Utah State's a wounded animal. They've got some injuries there. Chucky Keaton, low morale. They just lost to Arkansas State in overtime. Uh, I think they've got a decent team, but they just don't have depth. So, because there's injuries for BYU, it's like, oh, bye week, yes, we can rest up. 
you know, get ready for Utah State. That's the perspective of BYU's football team right now, I think. Can I offer a bold prediction? Mm. BYU Wait, will beat what? Utah State. <laughs> That's so bold. It hasn't happened in Pro Bowl for the Aggies since Puts 1978. More, Puts more I ink believe. in that printer, dude. I can barely see it. Goodness. But you can, can you imagine BYU having a bye week after dismantling Texas and Austin this year? Ooh. Would have been bad, yeah. So I think it's good now because you do have injuries to notable guys. I mean, we haven't seen Bronson Kafusi and Algernon Brown since the Texas game. Jordan Leslie, of course, the ankle. There's some injury. Marcus Johnson. I mean, there's some injuries where BYU needs to get healthy. Is Nick Kurtz going to play against Utah State? Several questions, and the, it's perfect for BYU to have two weeks, 13 days, until the next game. The injuries hopefully get healed Between up. games. And the BYU coaching staff have an extra week to address the, quote, silly penalties, unquote, so dubbed by quarterback Taysom Hill. But let's start with the injuries. We're on that train. To quote Brett Pine, BYU Football Sports Information Director, at this point, we believe we'll have all our injured guys ready for Utah State, Leslie Ankle included. Isn't it amazing BYU doesn't have like a season-ending injury for games? Like no, like no one's been hurt that way. Knock on wood. Uh, it's been good. I mean, it's been ankles, mostly ankles. Seems like everyone's got an ankle that's hurt. <laughs> that's a good thing for BYU. You can't afford. I think BYU's got some depth in certain spots, but you can't afford certain guys to be hurt. We've seen the impact, or lack thereof, of not having Bronson Kafusi in the pass rush. He is the answer to that question. The buzzword through all of fall camp was depth. It has been tested through the first four games. Seems like every fall camp. Yeah, depth. Uh, prove it. It's been tested, and I think BYU has answered the challenge. Like, yeah, they have, they have depth. BYU is enjoying something that, at least to a, degree, a different degree than they have in the, in the recent past. Of course, there's going to be further evaluation because it's still two weeks away. But if your sports information director is saying all are going to be back, that is fantastic news. Bronco Mendenhall, they hope, right? Not, yeah. not will. Bronco Mendenhall added his injury commentary last night. No update um, other than there was no boot, no buggy, no wheels, no tape. He was walking around normal today, and we have two weeks. So, man, that could be good. Hopefully with Nick Kurtz as well coming back for Utah State as well as Algie Brown. Jordan Leslie, word on him. Um, high ankle sprain and supposed to be back. Bronson Kafusi, Nick Kurtz, Jordan Leslie, Algie Brown. Who was he referencing in that first part? Bronson Kafusi. Bronson Kafusi, okay. So Bronson, and I talked to Bronson on Saturday Warmed night. Warmed up, almost played. Yeah, he said, I almost played. He's, he's going to, to play against Utah State. That's going That's to great happen. news. BYU needs him in the pass rush. A lot of people were concerned about Jordan Leslie. After what happened, right after it happened, I mean, he was like in – Serious hobbled pain. Off, hobbled off the field. Left his helmet through his gloves. Yeah, it looked yeah. more serious than like he a was high angry. ankle sprain. But it, I imagine it hurt a lot in the moment. He tweeted out yesterday, I'll be back. We already addressed Kafusi. Algie Brown. Bronco just said Algie Brown's going to be back with an ankle injury. And Nick Kurtz had the stress fracture in his foot. I talked to Bronco last Friday, and he said, well, all signs point to him playing against Utah State. That was the initial designation when he first – had the boot and cast put on was we want to have you back by Utah State. And it looks like everything is moving in that if direction. If he can't play against Utah State, I say redshirt him. Because you would have missed five games already. It's like, mm, just redshirt. You're would, missing you, would, you redshirt him, would you redshirt him anyway? Even if he, like, 
Are you in? Are you in the corner of? He's already missed four, so why not save him no, until next no. year? No, if he can play against, if he can play against Utah State, he can play seven plus one. He can play eight games. He helps BYU. He he you makes hope. BYU better. You hope from what we saw how, in fall camp. How good is he in that first game? You know what I mean? It's it's more like okay against Central Florida, you need to bring it. His size, speed, guys. and hands will demand attention from a secondary. Yeah, so I would love. He is, he is yet to play in a game for BYU. Like he's talented for sure. Here's what I think of Nick Kurtz. He's at least as good as Mitch Matthews, based on what we saw in practice, translating into a game. At least. At most, he's the best receiver on BYU's team. Yeah. So injuries. He was it impressive would, in It would camp. seem they'll be taken care of. Then there is the little yellow marker of death. Penalties. I'm so sick oh, this, and tired. This just in, an unsportsmanlike on BYU. <laughs> pass interference. Personal foul. Yeah, pass interference. There were, what, five of those? Two on the last drive? Two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties against Virginia. The one, zebras didn't help. One personal foul. Yeah. Five pass interference calls. That is 120 penalty yards, eight 15-yard penalties. Take away three or four of those. I mean, that's 45 to 60 yards taken away. And that leads to points, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Yes! 23 of the 33 points by Virginia were assisted by BYU penalties on that drive. Now, I think that we need to look at penalties in college football. And there needs to be a di- I think hockey gets it right. There needs to be a difference between major and minor penalties. In, in hockey, it's a two-minute or a five-minute, right? There's a game misconduct, ten minutes, blah, blah, blah. In uh, in football, there's not a difference. I think we should call major penalties ones that result in first automatic first downs. So BYU had many of those, and uh, when you rack up the kind of yardage that BYU did, twelve for four, one thirty-three. Listen, there shouldn't be more penalty yards than Jamal Williams has rushing <laughs> yards. Jamal Williams had thirteen rush attempts. There were twelve penalties. Those numbers should not line up. They shouldn't. Listen that's to this. Way too yeah, many, and that's something you can control. Now, now, granted. Some of those PIs were good penalties. Let me tell you why. Virginia would have scored touchdowns on a couple of those plays. Jordan Johnson, Sky Pove. They're being aggressive. They're playing the man as best they can in that moment. We got the flags back. We appreciate yeah. Matt bringing the and flags back. And it was all yellow. Thanks, Coldplay. <laughs> Circa 01. <laughs> Listen to this, this game breakdown of penalties. UConn, 15 for 150. Huh? Texas, 6 for 40. Houston, oh, you 11 win by 34. You don't, you're not penalized a lot. You win by 34. What do you know? UVA, 12 for 133. Yeah, not surprisingly, it's, Texas, the best game BYU had with the fewest number of penalties. When I look at BYU's lack of style points outside of the Texas game, Connecticut, that was good. That was good. The last two games we're talking about. That the eight-point wins were due in part, and may, maybe the part, was BYU's penalties. Offensively. If you can keep going and you score, that's great. But defensively, you can't stop teams. From, the, the last drive where there are two PIs against BYU that Virginia scores on, if that's a 15-point game, BYU might be ranked 19th or 18th instead of 20th. That's the difference. That's what you can control is the ability to be penalized or not. Granted, I would rather have an aggressive team than a passive team. You broke this down with the stat of the day. 23 of the 33 points. We went even... Further. Next level. First play we of the game. We always go next level here. First play of the game. BYU pass interference. <laughs> <laughs> that set the tone, didn't it? Virginia touchdown on that drive. <laughs> Third and one in the second quarter for Virginia. BYU PI. Leads to a Cavaliers field goal. Two penalties killed a BYU drive in the second quarter. They had third and 27. Yeah. They were driving. 
Rob Daniel interception for BYU. Woo! Delay of game. Immediately after. Can the get back guy on the sideline be like, oh, <laughs> uh, there are 10 seconds left. Wait a minute. Maybe they spotted the ball quick. BYU now forced to kick a field goal. Second and 10 for Virginia later on in this quarter. Pass interference. A major penalty. I, I a mean, first down. It just, and it continues. It's third and fourth quarter. Two penalties back. Uh, PIs back to back in the fourth quarter leads to a Virginia touchdown. It just can't happen. I love that it's something BYU can control, though. It's not like, you know what, BYU's not skilled enough, and it's going to be tough. It's like, hey, just pull graph back on the aggression, be a little better, let's uh, schematically play this a little differently, and then BYU's in business. I love that that's a correctable error. Believe it or not, the head coach, Bronco Mendel, and all of his staff are well aware of the penalties. Wait, what? (laughs) I think it's been acknowledged that it's a problem. Uh, Maybe I haven't taken the action that everyone else would like me to. Um, And to say we've done nothing, maybe the results say that. But, yeah, I think it's time to make sure that I continue to work on it. And hopefully it'll show at some point. Maybe it's a cumulative effort. And maybe the next time that we play, you'll see an improvement. I trust the coach. Listen, they're 4-0. They're aggressive. But, yeah, that, but this is, you know, get healthy in the bye week, and then let's address the penalty situation. That's, yeah. Those I, are the tru- two I trust the coach. Twitter question today. What is the one thing you want BYU to work on during the bye week? It's Twitter time. At J underscore B Winters. Or Winters. No question they need to work on pass coverage. Hmm. Virginia converted on far too many third and longs. Why give a 10-yard cushion? Let me tell you the key to pass coverage. A pass rush. Yes, the best pass defense is a pass rush. rush. If BYU got some sacks, uh, zero sacks the last two games, then you create third and long situations. And BYU is a bend-don't-break situation. Why why are teams not scoring deep balls over the top of BYU? Because they're allowing some of this. Keep it in front. I know that's frustrating some people. Guess what? BYU doesn't have... Draft picks in the secondary. Maybe Rob Daniel. Maybe. But the the BYU defense knows what they're doing. That's why there's a cushion. You need a better pass rush first. Bronco Mendenhall addressed that very early in his press conference. We need to get to the quarterback more. Yeah. Okay? That's a visible sign of frustration yes. with Bronco right now. At Dereal Behind. Getting a pass rush. He's on point. There you go. I almost came out of my seat to tackle O'Corn. <laughs> During the Houston game. Way too much time for the quarterbacks. And, Say his and the name same, correctly. The same can John Sheldonova Court. Thank you. Same continued with Grayson Lambert of Virginia. I mean, like, guess what? You can be a good quarterback when you have all day to throw. And what's gonna happen when there's a dual threat that BYU faces that can Justin Holman of uh, Central UCF, the dude can run. Cody Fajardo of Nevada. Cody Fajardo would prefer to run over pass, although yes. he threw three twenty one against Arizona in a close loss. It's going to be tougher then. You're going to need a good pass rush. You need Bronson Kafusi back. At Jay Dalds, what to work on during the bye week? UCF. After USU, short week, away, lots of travel. I know, one game season still. Also Kafusi. Okay, yes. So this, he's looking to UCF already. Yes, Utah State is, is the down animal, but... that's been. I mean, outside of last year's game, it had been close the past couple years. BYU had beaten Utah State by three points... Riley Nelson in has the to last save the two day. home games against Taysom the Aggies. Hill six three game, no scoring in the second half. Yeah, you want to hear something fantastic? And many of you may this. have heard this already. This. Ian Fry, the kicker for Virginia, his dad was having some serious health concerns during the had BYU game attack. in Provo. Had a heart attack, was rushed to the hospital. Ian had to remain at the game, and he's the field goal kicker. 
He had to kick a 43-yarder or 46-yarder, whatever it was, knowing his dad was in the hospital, suffering a heart attack. And hit it. Okay, so he made it. He got to the hospital after the game, and his dad said, it was watching college football, he'd already had surgery, said, I'm sorry that I missed your second, your, your next kick. He was upset about that, and it's like, okay, dad, you know he, what? All indications say, you know, he's, he's doing fine. Tom Homo, BYU athletic director, took dinner and visited the Fry family in the hospital. That's Vir- great. Virginia discussed this at length during their weekly press conference yeah. yesterday. I want to back up for a second. Uh, there were paramedics tending to Mark Fry on the ground outside Virginia's locker room as they walked into the locker room. Oh, can you imagine that? Yeah, Ian said he kept coming out and checking on him. Like, are you okay? Yeah. Can you? Can you? How do you play a football game with that happening? Yeah. But Mike London. And, Thank goodness he's okay. Yeah, the head coach of Virginia said that. Uh, they just couldn't say enough nice things about Tom Homo and the BYU staff and everybody that was there. And so it's a really cool story. Really, yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah, glad and, glad uh, Mark Fry is doing all right. And thankfully, yeah, he is uh, doing much better. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, sixth-year senior Nikki Fernandez. That's right, I said sixth-year. Six. Wow. And she's still balling. Two goals against Colorado College. She joins us on set. That's a super senior. Super. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on a Tuesday. Live from Studio B, follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Tonight, 8, eight Eastern time, 6 Mountain. I need some I intonation. About it for a second. 8 Eastern time, 6 Mountain. After further review, uh, digital telestration show, film session breakdown. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, one of the best hours on television. It's fantastic. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, Brian Logan, breaking it down. 8 Eastern tonight. There's a rebroadcast as well at 11 Eastern. What is the one thing you want BYU football to work on during the bye week? Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. At it y sounds for like life. the university, not the football team. Defense. Wrapping up. Hiding from refs better. Hiding from refs. Nice. <laughs> and for offense to keep using plays that are extremely successful. Yes. Hashtag obvious. Yeah. I like it. Hashtag bye week. I love bye Hashtag love the snarky. <laughs> Joining us now, the lady who scored two goals against Colorado College, Nikki Fernandez, sixth year senior. What's up, Nikki? What's up? <laughs> A brace. That's, that's the official term, right? A brace. I've ne- never heard that. When you score two, it's called abrace. Who decided yeah. that? I real... You know, I didn't really know that either. But <laughs> okay. yeah, okay. <laughs> it's all good. All that matters is two goals, four nothing. You've won three matches in a row after a three match losing streak. What changed? What changed on your team? Uh, a lot. I think our attitude. I we had a lot of pressure on us, and coming from fans and family and you know everybody really but uh we just thought like you know what we're okay like just change some things up in practice we became more physical worked on a few things in practice and it just definitely helped us how'd you deal with that pressure because the standard is so high with BYU women's soccer um I don't mind the pressure and I think the the team is feels the same way because, like, we just go out and play our game. And if we play our game and not worry about everybody else and everything around us, then we're okay. Three goals in the first five matches, and then the floodgates open. <laughs> Eleven in the last four. Uh, was that just uh, by chance, or, or did you strategically change your attack? Um, we did 
have a couple changes in our attack, but I think we just became really unlucky, and our goal is to score three goals a game, and if yeah. we're doing that, yeah. usually we win. I mean, one game we didn't with three goals, but uh, we just had some unlucky chances against us in that in that case. But, um, yeah, we definitely changed some things in our attack, but just having the confidence in our attacking players, it it helped. It worked. Also the best non-goal ever by Ashley Hatch, where she <laughs> fires, it hits one post, bounces on the goal line to the other post, and falls right back to the keeper. I mean, I was like, You couldn't what? do that again if you tried. Really? I don't understand the the science behind that. Like, yeah, yeah, it, just, it doesn't Physics make sense. don't make sense. <laughs> Angels in the outfield, like opposite effect <laughs> yeah. or something. At Slayon44, Brent Butters, I don't know if you know this person. He, he says, ask Nikki why she doesn't like the full shin guard. Yeah, oh, yeah, the miniature shin yeah, guard. Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> um, I guess my shin guards are small, but they aren't, like, extremely smaller than everybody else's. I just wear them lower than everybody else. What, why the preference there? More mobility? I usually get hit lower anyways. Mm. I used to wear them higher, and I would just be getting hit below the shin guards anyway, so I moved them down and... I feel now they're ankle guards. Yeah, yeah, that works. So. Yeah, that works. You you guys have turned uh, things around. Yet the WCC is so tough as you prepare for conference play uh, in the coming weeks. This week, a couple non-conference games on the road, starting with Denver Thursday. What are the team goals now uh, that you've you've lost a couple non-conference games that maybe you didn't think you'd lose? Uh, but what, how do you move forward with with the season? What what are the goals? Well, exactly what you just said. We just move forward. I mean, we can't do anything about our losses at this point. And so to just focus on one game at a time and go out and beat Denver, that's our that's our goal, that's our plan. And hopefully we can get a couple more wins before the conference starts. We've seen some feisty moments from your teammates. Who's the most feisty player on your team? Oh, man. I don't know. I think it depends on each game. We have many feisty players on our team but that's like that's what's nice about our team feistiness is great uh we just have to make sure we're staying under control no i have one person in mind who kind of (laughs) demonstrated that feistiness ashley hatch (laughs) she kind of has taken over the role of carly Payne homo who was feisty herself there's almost like this if you're the you know striker top forward you kind of have to have a certain mentality right yeah i mean you can't be like oh sorry sorry yeah fight for the ball in every position really but yeah, it's we we focus on valuing the ball, keeping the ball, and we're going to do whatever it takes to do that. So, the West Coast Conference champion gets an automatic berth into the NCAA tournament. You've won two in a row. Obviously, you want to win a West Coast Conference championship. Do you still feel like even if that doesn't happen, you've done enough to garner, you know, an, an at-large spot at this point? Um. I, to be honest, don't, I don't know. I think that we're sitting in a great spot, the spot that we're in, but I don't really want to worry about that because my plan is, and the rest of the team, we're all, our plan is to Just win, win. win the conference. Win the conference, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. None <laughs> of the second or third place stuff. Come on. A, uh, like a month or so ago, I ran into you and I said, hey, congrats on getting an extra year. You know, did you prepare for this? Like train? You're like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> what happened? Uh, so how did you get ready for the season not knowing if you'd be able to play or not? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can play. I better get in shape. Yeah, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, I, <laughs> I rode my bike like here and there. But, yeah, I was a little nervous when I got, got the word back. So excited. But I think 
to be honest, my body just really needed that rest. And mm. I came back in and I passed the fitness test. So I was surprised. Without trying? Like without training hard? T- without training. I definitely nice. I was trying yeah, for sure. Nice, right? <laughs> but I mean, fitness is, is not my favorite thing to do. But I I think my body just needed that rest and it, it worked out for me. <laughs> so was it the best thing then that happened? Yeah. Interesting. So it was hard, like not Everyone knowing. else on the team's like, what the heck? I like trained all summer. <laughs> I know. And yeah, it was hard to have that. I'm going to wake up at six in the morning to work out and, and I might not even get to play. Right. So I was just like, you know what, whatever happens will happen and everything will work Sleep out. Sleep in, pass the fitness <laughs> test. So are you, are you working on a doctoral degree? What's going on? With I, you? No. So I graduated in April Yes. and um, now I'm it's called uh, post-baccalaureate, and so I'm just taking a couple classes, three classes, actually. and Basket weaving, underwater. Clothes. Basket weaving and <laughs> diving. I'm taking cooking, sewing, and interior yeah. design. Yeah, yep. that's about as BYU <laughs> as it gets right there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Can we get a rising chat for that? <laughs> no, for easy, that the easier class the better. It's like your last semester and you graduate. Okay, Whatever. but they're not as easy as you might think. Oh, okay. Yes. Give us an they, example. Tell us. Sewing is hard. <laughs> it does look hard. Sewing I, is hard. Cooking yeah. is hard. You yes, have to yes. you have to make sure you're getting the right ingredients mixed together at the right time. Mix the dry ingredients, but sometimes you don't mix the sugar with the dry ingredients, and you don't know until the fourth step of the recipe. Will you so. make us something yeah. delicious, please? Yeah, I will. I will. Okay. We that'd, will be, that'd be really nice. Okay. I'm, I'm excited for you, though. Thank it, you. You could have taken sports broadcasting, too. That's a class at BYU. Yeah. I took that three times. Oh, boy. Wow. It saved me a lot. <laughs> I got A's in it every time. It was great. You took it three times, and it did nothing for you. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> no. No. Didn't, didn't help me at all. Okay. Your dad, Freddie Fernandez, uh, great college football star. Now he's a, a high school football coach and a, a successful one at that. But are you still the biggest celebrity in the family? Well, hold on. Explain explain oh. about your dad, like I... the story. So he's like, oh, Nikki's dad is the man. He North, is. Okay. Northridge. He, he took a bottom dweller in Northridge High School football. <laughs> And led them to three straight state championships in Utah. I took exception Utah. to that because Northridge went through my high school my yes. senior year. You were on your mission. And many others. With Daniel Coates. And I was like, ah, Copper Hills. Okay. Now he's at Roy High School, who I don't think they've had a good football team since Jim McMahon was the quarterback. And now they're one of the top five teams in the state. That all said, are you the biggest celebrity in the family still? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is so awesome. I, I know it's been a a hard difficult process getting Roy to where they are now but they are awesome I am so happy and so proud of them it's just been amazing to see all these kids their their attitude change and their desire and drive to win and it's amazing were you the little girl and remember the titans like Hayden Pantier or whatever (laughs) like in the stance was that you yeah me and my sister my younger (laughs) sister's a year younger than me so we were like twins growing up but yeah Friday does, night football. Does he awesome. ever go coach mode on you where you're like, dad, no coaching. Just be um, my dad. I mean, yeah. Growing up after the football game was over Friday night, we'd go home and watch the football game over and he'd be like, Nick, look, like 22 F what, just say all these plays. Do you understand? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Denver up next. Uh, we should grant you some BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, time. Definitely. You want some yes. Sports Nation karma? Yeah. Okay. I see at least one that. at least one goal this week. All it's right. at what at SMU Saturday as well. Yeah. Okay. You've already signed the flag, so you've taken care of that for us. <laughs> yeah. 
But now you have BYU Sports Nation karma Great. to go and perform well. Thank you. We expect something delicious in return. All right. I'll <laughs> surprise you. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Nikki Fernandez of BYU Women's Soccer on the road at Denver and SMU. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. His New Year's Six formula for BYU football and what's the biggest game left on the Cougars' schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. This is Nick Howell, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Stop the run, says Nick Howell. Nick's a little more excited than that on game day. Yeah. Although, yes, he is. He keeps his energy low, yeah. and then during the game, it's like, really, really low, and then it comes out later. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. If you haven't already, download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. Hey, one lucky fan will win a trip for two to the 2014 Miami Beach Bowl or whatever bowl BYU plays in, as we mentioned for a while. With our BYU Sports Nation, take your... Finally, we have music! This is great! With our BYU Sports Nation Take Your Fandom to South Beach contest, all you have to do is follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and then post a tweet using the hashtag BYUSNMiami. The contest ends October 4th. Now, we have, we have translated the BYU Sports Nation goggles and glasses into uh, maybe what we would take with us to South Beach. <laughs> I probably am not taking the playoff glasses <laughs> with me. To These are going to look great with my white pants. They always do. They almost always every Friday. Do. Yeah. <laughs> someone, else, someone else has done the glasses on the set. It's Blaine Fowler. He's here. Blaine. Yes, he is. Yes. Blaine, you're looking good with those goggles. <laughs> the future's so bright for BYU, i got to wear shades. And I might as well wear blue. I've got the, my blue goggles oh, on right goggles. now. Oh, i got blue BYU. goggles on. National oh. champion quarterback, dual threat analyst, college football insider, Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, I, I want to read this tweet because this, this is such a cool story. And we talked about this at the beginning of the show. Ian Fry, Virginia's kicker. Uh, his dad had a heart attack during the game in Provo. He was being attended to while Virginia walked into the locker room. Uh, it turned out that he was okay, thankfully. So Mark Fry, give a shout-out to him. That We're glad he's doing well. And uh, Tom Holmo went to the hospital, took Ian a meal, and went and checked in on them. And so the way BYU handled that is getting a ton of good publicity. This is from Jeff Bowserman at Rocking the Y. I live in the town where Ian Fry played high school football. BYU is getting nice props over the handling of an emergency in local news. This is a great story for BYU. Yeah, no, it is. And you know what? I have some friends that are tied to the Virginia program. You guys remember that Kellen, our oldest, that played free safety here, did his law degree at the University of Virginia. So we've got some close ties back there. Um, Virginia's starting right guard, uh, Connor Davis, his dad and I are good friends, Charlie Davis. And, and so he called. They were coming out to the game. He says, what are we going to do? Where do we go to dinner? And I sent him up to Sundance and told him all the things that they should do and where they should stay. I saw him after the game. They went up to dinner at Sundance, and the boys and I decided after the game to go up fishing up on that little oh, – I shouldn't even tell people that you can fish on that stream. It's our secret. <laughs> Redacted. It's not a secret okay. now. It's a secret. Let's start. Is this even live? That, that little stream that runs past Sundance, the south, the, the south fork of the Pro Road, just a tiny little stream, literally you, could, you can catch eight little between 9 and 13-inch trout. Wow. Like in an hour. You'll catch seven. Wow. 
just just with worms. It's awesome. Okay. And so we go fish that little stream. So we went up to fish it, and then we we visited with him. He came in and he says, "Hey, the first thing I have to tell you is what a great experience we just had. And we didn't win, and that was unfortunate. And his son, you know, twisted an ankle. He's he's, he's a senior. He's the only senior on that offensive line. So they were discouraged that he's he'd been banged up so much. Um, but he goes, "What a great experience. What a great environment." What great fans. Boy, we just felt welcomed here. This was a great place to play. This is a big-time atmosphere and a big-time environment. And then he, he said, did you hear about what happened with, with our kicker's father? And he told me the story, and he was just so impressed with how that was handled, how they were treated here as, as a visiting um, you know, team. That's what we want, guys. Yeah. I mean, we, we want to be like Notre Dame. When you go to Notre Dame as a visiting fan, you feel like when you walk out of there, hey, this is a class organization. This mm. is a great place to go play as an opponent. And that's how we want people to feel. That's how the Virginia folks felt. So, And I, I had a really good visit with Steve Fairchild um, after the game, too. He and I talked for about 10 minutes. He's a good friend. and Steve, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, offensive coordinator for, for Virginia. Um, and he commented on the team, you know, and so Steve and I go back. He played at Colorado State when I was here. He's, he was a quarterback. Um, he, you know, he was the head coach at Colorado State. I did a lot of games of theirs when he was the head coach there. We've been friends for a long time. And uh, I said, well, you know, what, what did you think? I said, first of all, I think you called a great game. 517 yards. I, I think he yards. called a great game. I, I, I said, Steve, man, I am, you, you called a great game. And he said, yeah, we cannot settle for that many field goal attempts. He's just like, we just – he goes, you got to give BYU credit that they, they, we did move the football from 20 to 20, but when we get down there, they, they held and they didn't let us score. They managed the points really, really well, and that was frustrating for us as an offense. Um, he goes, we're young. He goes, but we are very talented. He goes, I have four sophomores starting on that offensive line. I've got a sophomore quarterback who I think is going to be really good. I like our receiving core. He says, from an offensive perspective and from a team perspective, he says, we are a very talented football team this year. We're a much better team than we were last year. And, and you know, he feels that they'll be a bowl team this year, and then the next year they make a big step and compete in the ACC okay. because he feels like they're talented mm-hmm. and young. And that's good to know from the inside. Look at that okay. Virginia gave UCLA, stood toe-to-toe with UCLA. They beat Louisville. They come out and they stand toe-to-toe with BYU. From a physical standpoint, that's a good football team. Yes. You know, and, and then I said, what did you think of BYU? And he goes, that is a way more physical defense than we played last year. He goes, I know we hmm. played in the rain and all that, but that defense is really physical. They smack you around. They smacked our quarterback around. They're stout up front. So he was very, very impressed mm. with the physical nature of BYU's team. That's a nice thing to yes. be, you know, for, for a visiting, you know, opposing coach. To His first comment was how physical they were. And I think BYU's establishing an identity this year of being just that on both sides of the ball. They're better running the football this mm-hmm. year than they were, more physical in the run game. They've been better running the football down in the red zone. And defensively, even though there's not stars out there like a a Van Noy, perhaps that defense is smacking people around and it's getting noticed. And when when an opposing coordinator tells you that that's impressive. We've been talking about how BYU needs more of a pass rush, zero sacks last two games. Bronson Kafusi seems like the, the answer to that question. You can change schematically some things, but Bronson's specialty is just that. He, he will make a difference, that's for sure. And, and, and the thing that you got to remember is this offense that Virginia runs, Utah's going to see the same thing this week against Washington State with Connor Halliday. They get rid of the football. And so it's not like the quarterbacks are standing back there forever and nobody's coming anywhere near them. 
they smacked the quarterbacks around and two, two played in that game. They smacked yeah. them around quite a bit. Sometimes it's not so important that you get sacks, but that is that quarterback's letting go of the football because these guys are trained. Grayson Lambert did a great job. There were many times that he could have been sacked and he got rid of the football and put it in a good spot. And got hit hard. And got hit. But you need some sacks, though, yeah. right? Well, it, it depends. Like. Because they kill drives. They, they, sacks kill drives, but smacking the quarterback around pays off. And you can't d- get discouraged with these offenses that get rid of the football in 2.4 seconds yeah. when, when, when you don't right? get sacks. Because you don't get sacks against those teams. They get it out. Teams used to say, why does John Beck never get sacked? Remember in the John Beck's John, so John yeah. senior year, he got rid of the football on time. It wasn't that teams weren't capable of getting to him. It was like by the time they got there, the ball was out. And and so so sometimes we focus too much on that they're not getting sacks. What we really need to look at is are they getting pressures? Mm-hmm. And they had plenty of pressures in this ball game. They just didn't get to him. But he, you go back and you think about all the mm-hmm. times that he got hit and how he got rid of the football. Would it be nice to get a couple? Yeah, it would be nice to get a couple. But I'm not worried about that as long as I'm seeing consistent pressure. I'm seeing that quarterback get hit on a regular yeah. basis. And the pressure did create the interception for Rob Daniel yes. and a near another. Uh, other res- uh, interception by I think believe it was JLD right yeah yes yes yeah. Jeremiah Leotaduyer JLD <laughs> if you're like who's JLD what's going on that that's what it is I think by now people know JLD BYU JLD. now in a bye week four and zero they're ranked number twenty one in the coaches poll number twenty in the AP poll they have momentum but it feels like compared to last year after the Texas game in between Texas and Utah where I was just horrible bye week placement you know unfortunate it feels like this is the right place for BYU right now yeah they they need to get a few guys healthy you know we'll see Kafusi back by the time Utah State rolls around um you know I don't know what Kurt's most current according to Brett Pine they said everybody is going to be back they're telling us that Kurt's will be back now now he's got to go out and test that thing and see how it goes but the timing is right for him to come back and that's a big big weapon I remember as we watched through spring ball and through fall camp how how much of a go-to guy Nick Kurtz was. Jordan Leslie will be back um, in action in Elgin that game. Algernon Brown, yeah, Mar- and so Marquise Johnson. So it it comes at the right time for them to get healthy. Um, and and in terms of momentum, they got they have momentum right now. But I think getting healthy is more important than momentum right now. So I do think that this is perfectly placed and allow them to be at full speed and get things going again yeah. on a Friday night against Utah State. Let's ask you our Twitter question: What's the one thing you want BYU to work on during the bye week? They, guys, they have got to get more discipline. And and when I say that, I'm talking about penalties. Oh, yeah. And and I know the Broncos said, hey, I don't mind aggressive penalties, and neither do I. I don't mind penalties that occur, occur between the whistles where somebody's being aggressive and hits somebody. Yeah. Case in point, when Craig Bills came across the middle, actually, they reversed that one. Remember the, the one where they called him for a targeting <laughs> Targeting, penalty? and it was clearly it was with not even And he hit his shoulder. So, you know what? Say that one stood and it was a penalty. You'd go, you know what, I'll take that penalty all day long. Because by the fourth quarter, those receivers didn't want to come across the middle. That's an aggressive penalty. Shoving somebody into the ground after the play is over twice, right in front of the official and getting a 15-year penalty, that is not an aggressive penalty. That's a stupid penalty. And they have got to eliminate those. I'm okay if they have six penalties. Six for 40 against Texas. That's perfect. Those are fine. But... 15 for 150 at UConn and 12 for 133 at UVA. Too much. That is too much. When you have triple-digit penalties, um, three of your four games, it's an area of concern, no matter what somebody says. <laughs> you shouldn't have more penalty yards than Jamal ha- Williams has rush yards. Right, no. Oh, man. That's a, that's a great point. So, to me, 
they need to be a little bit introspective and say, "What? Let's take a look at the kinds of penalties we're getting. Some of them we're okay with, like the, the kind of in the end zone kind P- of stuff. Yeah, you're going to have that. Um, those things are going to happen. Those are okay. Those are aggressive plays. Those are guys trying to make plays. They just need to eliminate the ones that happen outside the whistles, um, and 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 the discipline ones like blocking the backs or holds that aren't don't aren't affecting the play behind the player. You know what I'm so, I'm saying? Yeah. So. Um, it seems like over the years we've had too many of those on kick returns. I, I was so happy for Adam Heaney. If I were Adam Heaney, running in the end zone, the first thing I would have done was turn around and go, okay, I've done this many times before. Let me see if there's a flag back there. <laughs> Every, you know everybody in did. the stadium was like, where's, Every, the where's the flag? Where's the flag? And I was just so happy that <laughs> he, finally, he finally had a big return that didn't get called back. Um, and so, so to me, that's something that they don't completely focus on it because you don't want to take away the aggression. But you take a look at the types of penalties. You point out the ones that were stupid penalties that can be avoided, and you move forward because – that's going to hurt them in a game. That helped. Yeah. They extended drives for UVA in that game. We went that's through all we of them. About, yeah. And, and that, that's a problem. They are a 20-point better team than, than Virginia. They're a 20-point better team than Houston. And it was turnovers and then Turnovers penalties. and penalties. Yeah. Turnovers and penalties. So those are areas. Get healthy. Um, stay sharp and eliminate turnovers and penalties. And this is a team that can have a great, great season. Wayne Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. If it's going to be great. You know, one loss, no loss, whatever. What's the best game, or the toughest, I should say, game left on BYU's schedule now that we've had four weeks of ball? I, I need six weeks to make that judgment to tell whether Cal's really as good as I think they are right now or not. Mm. Well, you won't have two weeks with UCF, right? That game's right. in two I, and a half I do think that that's so, – so if I were to pick out two games, I'd pick out Central Florida. I asked you for one, Blaine. Well, listen, let's rank them. <laughs> let's rank them. I know this is your show, but I'm your guest. <laughs> And you treat guests nicely, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so let's rank them. So Central Florida, Boise State, Cal. Cal, Cal could be huge because BYU could be undefeated could be, going yes. into that Cal game. And Cal looks to be way better than they were last year. Like way better. I mean, they were getting killed last year. And, and now they're competitive. They, they just it against Arizona, they gave up a game that they should have oh, won at Arizona. Unbelievable! It reminded me of the Holiday Bowl with Jim McMahon. Yeah, yeah. It, it was that crazy. Yeah. Um, but so that game could be more formidable than we thought. I just don't know if it is or not yet. So I yeah. can't. So let's not judge Cal. Um, but UCF or Boise State? I thought I thought Utah State was going to be a difficult game, and I've changed my mind on that. I think BYU should win that one going away. Yes. Because um, I just don't think Chucky's right. So I am going to say that UCF, because of matchups and team speed, are going to create more problems than Boise State on a BYU. Thursday. It's in to Florida. me because it's a Thursday. It's yeah, like, and it's granted it's after a Friday. It's, it's, not ba- a Saturday it's back on the East Coast, so it's a long travel. They've got all kinds of team speed on both sides of the ball. Um, I know they don't have Bortles back. I, did, I heard Bortles, did Bortles start yesterday? Bortles will start. He played on Sunday and so he's played gonna well. He's going week. to start this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big cog missing. But but I still think there's enough team speed left that they can create problems um, in, in, in making big plays. And so that one scares me the most of what's left. Now, by me the too. time we get to the end of the year, Cal might scare so me Vanna more. Sti- no, you're right. Cal might scare me more. But that one's still uh, – I think Cal's a work in progress. So – I'm going to say UCF. I'm going to go to one. It's going to okay. be Thank you for answering the question. That was a long answer, huh? <laughs> okay, Blaine, we've got like 30 seconds left, so I need a go fast, go hard answer right here. You've taken four of the seconds. Undefeated BYU, will they automatically be in the New Year's Six? If they're undefeated, they're in the New Year's Six. No, you don't see any other way. No. I mean, I, I don't see them even undefeated unless crazy things happen in the top four in the playoff. 
but but I see them in the New Year's Six with an undefeated season. The schedule's strong enough. They're in the they're in the power rankings already, um, and and so yeah, I think I think that they're in the New Year's Six if if they're undefeated. Fair enough, Blaine Fowler. Always great to talk to you. Still looking buff, my friend. Trying, man, every day. <laughs> you can watch Blaine and the guys on After Further Review tonight at eight Eastern time on BYU TV. Up next on BYU Sports Nation. What else is trending? How about a little PGA golf with the BYU twist? And Kyle Collinsworth's tweet. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. Glad to have you along with us. Yep. <laughs> in other news, after further reviews tonight at 8 Eastern time, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon. Breakdown BYU in Virginia. Digital telestration film session. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome. 8 Eastern time tonight on BYU TV. So we brought up the best non-goal ever from Ashley Hatch, BYU women's soccer, when mm-hmm. we had Nikki Fernandez on set. Yeah. Hit off one post, bounced ping, on the ping. goal line to the other post, and then right back perfectly into the arms of the keeper. What do you know? I mean, it, it was unbelievable. We said it doesn't make sense. The physics don't make sense. At Kid Quasar tweets in, and he literally is a rocket scientist. Okay. Okay. What did he say? He said, make, physics makes perfect sense. It's just a series of elastic collisions and a few angles involved. Oh, okay. I understand perfectly. I appreciate that. It all that. makes sense yeah, now. Yeah, that, that was a weird kick. That was so weird. <laughs> it's the elastic collisions, Jerem. Duh. Yes. Now it's simplified for me. It, really, we just needed a rocket scientist to explain it to us, right? We, yeah, we have varied, um, I love the, uh, I guess, fields that... You know, we got aerobic gym yesterday. <laughs> Kid Quasar. Which Kid is Quasar. The- <laughs> uh, there's like a... Isn't there we have a, do- a foot doctor. There's a foot doctor that weighs in. <laughs> yeah. All, all kinds of people. We love it. We love you. You're a sports nation. Oh. We love you. Who's we our, love you. Who's our guy, Joe? At Joe? Joe's in, uh, like, he's on the East Coast. He's, he's delivering babies. You know, listening to BYU Sports Nation in between. Yeah. That's the perfect time to listen to the show is between delivering babies. That, when we created the show, that was our target demo was like, okay, <laughs> doctors delivering babies between. Perfect. Oh, my goodness. What happened to this show? I have no idea. <laughs> our Twitter question, what is the one thing you want BYU to work on during the bye week? We tweet. At Holiday BYU. I am a second witness. I took the sports uh, sports broadcasting class yes, twice. Yes. It has nothing to do with our Twitter David question. David Holiday, what's up? But yeah. It has everything to do with it. No, it doesn't. It's why Jerem is so fantastic. Right? What? <laughs> Sorry, someone said something to my ear at the same time. <laughs> at R. Scott Earl, staying on sides on kickoffs. Yeah, BYU has been off sides on kickoffs. Like five or six times. Yeah, it's odd. Okay. Who cares? At Spencer F. Davis, I'd like to see this bye week. The Cougs say bye to horrible pass defense and bye to P.I. personal foul penalties. Okay. Great point by Blaine Fowler. I don't know if it's been horrible pass defense. There just hasn't been as much pass rush as BYU has wanted. Yeah, I think great point by Blaine that, hey, Houston and Virginia, they're going to they're gonna get the ball out quick. Virginia's different than Houston's offense for sure, but Virginia doesn't want to lean on Grayson Lambert to make plays. He wants to le- they want to lean on their playmakers. The personal foul penalties, absolutely. Seeing eye to eye with uh, at Spencer F. Davis on that one. Of course. His name's Spencer. Naturally. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, PGA, BYU, believe it. And the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Wait, what?
BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. You know what time it is? Mm-hmm. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Basketball media day is next Thursday, October 2nd. We'll have a live two-hour BYU Sports Nation next week to get you ready for the hoop season. Also, Monday, Kyle Collinsworth tweeted out that he's been cleared by the doctors and will now begin working himself back into full contact. Congrats. Cougars in the PGA. After finishing second at the Web.com Tour Championship. There we go. There we go. Continuing. Former BYU golfer Zach Blair has qualified for the 2014-15 PGA Tour. He yeah, got his card. That's awesome. Begins next month. Nice job. Golf. Guys. BYU's in eighth place after one day at the Husky Invitational in Bremerton, Washington on the men's side. Cole Rogers leads the way for the Cougars at even par through two rounds. The women's team is in Pullman and in third place after day one. Leah Garner is tied for fifth at two under. Football. Saturday, former BYU receiver and coach Ben Cahoon was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Cahoon played 13 seasons with the Montreal Alouettes and had over 1,000 catches for over 13,000 yards. He was bueno. Woo! Yeah, that's a Hall of Fame resume. Future guests. to him. That's awesome. Michael Alisa. Camry Godfrey Willardson of BYU Women's Volleyball, the ranked center. 11th in the country, and Zach Nyborg. Oh, Zach coming on. Awesome. You better the bring us director, some good stuff, Zach. Director of Football <laughs> Operations. <laughs> Talking to you, Zach. Can't wait to have you on. On Friday? <laughs> yeah, Zach's going to DJ the show. The big man on campus, Scott Arlano. Punter he, extraordinary. He is the big man on campus totally, right now. Totally right now. Oof. I, I would milk it. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Zach Blair, congratulations for uh, taking, I believe, second on the web.com. Tour championship. Tour championship. It is so hard to get, to get the... your PGA Tour card now. So now BYU Ooh. has three former guys on the PGA Tour. Mike Weir. Mike Weir. Daniel Summerhays. Zach Blair. And Zach Blair. That's great. So cool. Awesome. Twitter question. What BYU is the, two years ago. What was the one thing you want or you want BYU to work on during the bye? We continue to send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. At Bridger Hill said, DBs have had great position and the real has got a pick. That is Rob Daniel. So it's time for multiple picks. Thanks to our guests, Nikki Fernandez, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Download our podcast as well. My name is Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. Shout out to Ralph Martini. Yep. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern.